Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And this is, of course, the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. That is Marcus Mosher. That's at Marcus underscore Mosher, who I don't know. Do people realize that you added to your brood? Would it be your brood? Is it brood? Isn't that what people say? Isn't that the old school way of saying adding added to your den? You added to your family, bro. Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a son. <laughs> wow, you sound really excited. All right, listen, it <laughs> happened during Cowboys Cardinals. It, I mean, I can't have two things go right my way in one day. So I had to, the world had to equal it, itself out. Well, I've been out, man. I've been out of the game. You know, uh, I just looked up brood. It's a family of young animals. Something. I'll like be that. close enough. Yeah, I've been I've been gone. So I, I missed a lot. I missed uh, Marcus having a child. I missed a lot of football. I missed uh, the Dolphins scoring 470 points in a game. I missed uh, the Cowboys putting out a stellar effort against the best team in the league and the Cardinals. I really missed a lot of football. Uh, really quick, we have some breaking news. Daniel Jones just got sacked again. Just want to let you know. Yeah, right, right. Well, my trip was great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, people care about power rankings. I don't know if they care about our life events. Well, I'm just going to have to share one with you anyway. I, I, so we went on this tour, right, of Europe, and we were we were going through the Czech Republic, and our tour guide was uh, Czech. His name was, well, we had two of them, Pavel and Miroslav. And Miroslav kept coming down the aisle of our bus with something called Slivovitz which is this Czech like vodka and bro. I mean, this thing would knock you on your butt so fast and it tasted awful. Okay. And my brother who was sitting next to me, he would have some with me and he would look at me. He's like, do, do you want to do it? I mean, it's and by the way, it's nine 30 in the morning. Okay. And he's coming down the aisle with this. And my brother looks at me. He's like, you know, Slivovitz is great. It's great to use uh, in your radiator, in your car. It's, Helps it's a great morning the car. Like you need to oh my gosh, man. Yeah, I get it. Dude, uh, they're not playing around and they, they love their potatoes. I, I swear. I kept thinking of, uh, remember Bubba in uh Forrest Gump? Yeah. I mean, all the different stuff that you can do with shrimp. Oh dude. Every, every night was a different way of potatoes. There had to be some like, you know, uh, Czech version of Bubba. I don't know. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't want to get myself I, in trouble. We should start the power ranking show. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like peel potatoes. You know, fried potatoes, potato skins. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway, so I've been out, everybody. And so I missed a lot of football. It wasn't really easy to watch football over there. Uh, We kept up on the scores, my brother and I, uh, my cousin, a big Cowboy fan. We had another guy who's probably listening to us in his truck right now uh, who sounds exactly like Sam Elliott. He wore a Roger Staubach jersey 
as yeah, we're like walking through Germany, I thought, wow, this is, I wonder what people are going to think, you know, they have no idea. I'm guessing who Roger Staubach is, but maybe not, but uh, it was hard to catch up, but there were some things that really stuck out while I was gone. And so because I wasn't in uh, Marcus did the power rankings this week. So I didn't do it. I'm just get to comment on it. And I see, I'm already surprised. I mean, I'm already surprised that the, you got the bears last. How could they not be? <laughs> Why not the Panthers? Cause the bears are the, uh, the, the bears are in a bad spot right now. It's, it's pretty bad. So yeah, we got the Bears at thirty-two. That I think offense. The Panthers are worse. Okay, Panthers at thirty-one. Does it really matter at this point? We no. got the Panthers yeah. at yeah. thirty-one. Let me go through the the eight here. Yeah. Let's, go this, ahead. This is my list. You can critique it after you're done. You know what you need? You need some slip of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got starting over. The Bears at thirty-two. The Panthers at thirty-one. The Broncos at thirty. The Las Vegas Raiders dropping three straight games at 29. Yeah. The New York Giants, who cannot block anybody at 28. The Cincinnati Bengals, who can't throw at 27. We've got the Jets <laughs> yeah. at 26. And then the Patriots at 25. Biggest disagreement there, Elliot? You know, I, I it's hard. I, but I, I would say the Bengals are too low. I know they've had problems on offense and they haven't looked good. But they're better than these other teams are. Uh, the problem for New England and New York, regardless of what Chris Collinsworth thought on Sunday Night Football is they have a problem at quarterback. I think the Patriots are about ready to, to dump on the Mac Jones uh, experience. That's what I'm gathering. Um, you talk about the Giants being able to block. What about the Raiders being able to pass protect? You know, it's, it's not much better. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I realize the Broncos finally got a win and had a nice comeback, but I, I think that team is uh, not in a good spot at all. I really don't have major disagreements, and maybe I shouldn't be placing the Bengals higher, but – to me, the most disappointing team in this group is not the Bengals. It's the Giants. I mean, yeah. you can say what you want about Daniel Jones, but, you know, I listened to Dallas radio um, the other day uh, talking about Dak Prescott not having time to throw against the Patriots. I mean, look, yeah, he had a couple of plays where he didn't have time. Daniel Jones, there's like no comparison. I mean, he literally didn't have any opportunity. And I know you've criticized him in the past for holding the ball a little long. I mean, can you criticize him at all for the Seattle game? I mean, what could he do? I mean, the, the offensive line wasn't great. He still holds onto the ball an awfully long time. And I think it's partly just he doesn't see things coming. He doesn't step up. But it's just a really bad combination when you also have an offensive line that can't block. I, I love what Troy Aikman said on the broadcast, though. And I don't think Troy Aikman's a great big quarterback defender or anything like that. I think he's probably a little hesitant to criticize them too much, but – uh, I wouldn't call him a big, like I said, defender. I loved what he said about the Giants receivers. He's like, look, it's great if you can run a 4-3 or a 4-4, but use it. Run hard on your routes. And he said, when I watch film of this team, these guys are not running through their routes. They're not using that speed and getting there. Give Daniel Jones a little bit of separation from the corner so he doesn't have to hold the yeah, ball. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Next group. These yeah, teams depressing. frustrate me. Yeah. Patriots uh, are right. awful. 24. We've got the Arizona Cardinals. Welcome Love it. out of the uh out of that bottom eight tier. Perfect, playing perfect really ranking. Really, yeah. Perfect playing rank. really hard. Minnesota Vikings at 23. They did get a nice bounce back win against the Panthers uh this week. We got the Colts at uh at 22. They are two and two on the season. Uh, Washington at two and two on the year. The Titans at two and two. The Falcons at two and two. The Steelers at two and two. And then at number 17. Uh, my Houston Texans at two and two. Yeah, yeah. So I don't agree with where you have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh should be way lower than this. 
from what I've seen, they look bad. Now, I, I will tell you that I did not see the Cleveland game. I had to catch up on it uh, when Pittsburgh beat Cleveland. That was a game that you had circled, you know, on the schedule, but more so for the Browns. I think you thought it was a really key game. I know I'm going back a yep. little bit here. Uh, certainly not a good performance against the Texans. Kenny Pickett got hurt. I, I don't really like any of these teams, but I have to say, probably being a little unfair to the commanders here. Um, I, I think they've done a little bit better than you expected. Sure. And I think they kind of got knocked and I'm guilty of this too for week one, having Arizona almost come in and beat them, but we didn't foresee Arizona playing as tough as they have since then. And so now Washington's narrow win doesn't look so bad. No, of course um, not. It's and then, just really yeah, these ahead. teams, I mean, honestly, from 22 to 17, by next week, we could have them all completely flipped. They yeah, just roll, put them like in a jar with full of dice, roll the yeah. dice again, and they'll come out differently. Minnesota, obviously, is the headliner here, though. Uh, I don't think anyone thought they would be the 23rd best team in the league. I do think people thought Minnesota might miss the playoffs. It was possible because of the ascension of Detroit and some other things in the conference. So th there were people that thought maybe Minnesota misses, but I think people thought Minnesota misses at 9-8. and eight. Minnesota could be headed for seven and 10 or six and 11. And I think that's a surprise uh, for me. The surprise is Houston here at number 17, because in our first power rankings of the year, you put Houston at 32, which I get like, th this was a team that was going to be, we all thought it was going to be really 31. bad going into the year. First two games. I'm just defending I myself. I think they were at 32. Who did you, who, I'm pretty sure you had no, them at 32. I, I didn't. I had the Cardinals at 32, but I had the, I mean, look, I had the Texans at like 30. I right, will have to fact check that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, Houston yeah. this week against Pittsburgh was out without their left tackle, their left guard, their starting center, and then the right tackle, their backup left tackle uh, was also out in this game. Their the third string left tackle got hurt midway through their game. Their starting left guard in the game got hurt. And yet they scored 30 points and threw for over 300 yards. CJ Stroud averaged 10 yards per attempt. This Houston Texans team is just really, really well coached. And they've got a quarterback that I think can help them win a lot of games. I'm down with that. I just want to point out real quick before we leave these teams, the Titans are ridiculously inconsistent. You can kind of expect that from the Colts, given, you know, who they're playing under center. Uh, but Atlanta's got a quarterback problem. And, yeah. you know, this team could be a lot better if they had competent play there. Uh, it's too bad because I, I think Atlanta does have potential to give teams real matchup problems. But when you give teams matchup problems, you've got to make you've got to capitalize on the throws that you get out of that. And if if you make plays in the run game, you want to capitalize in the passing game when teams start loading up for the run. But if you can't do that, then it doesn't really help. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is matchup problems don't do anything for you if you can't make basic you know, uh, throw basic posts or, 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 or just basic routes. I mean, what's Atlanta's passing game ranked right now? And not only that, Kyle Pitts, like use Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get it. Jonu Smith has more receptions and yards than Kyle Pitts does this year. Um, it yeah. just didn't happen. Drake London no. who had, had a fantastic year last year, basically non-existent in this passing offense. Like I, I know Arthur Smith's offense does work. It, it doesn't feature a lot of passes down the field, but you've got to be, you've got to find a way to be better on offense. Right. I, if it, no one understood the word salad I just gave, you got too much slip of it. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> basically the point is it doesn't matter if you beat teams on paper, 
if you can't make basic plays that come available to you during the game. Yes. And they're not the sexy plays. They're they're the eight-yard routes that you hit the receiver in stride and he gets you 12. But that's how you win football games. And I think Atlanta actually has a little bit better team than people think they do. But there we go. Uh, let's uh, go to the next board. Real quick, before we go to the next group, Chicago-Washington Thursday night football. How jazzed are you for that game? I, you know, I'm really, really pumped because I already know what's going to happen. We're going to record. And like your first thing out of your mouth. <laughs> first thing you you're breaking news is, to me. Football's so dumb. Wow, this game is dumb. I, you should not watch that game. Uh, let's it was a primetime next... game last year. Do you remember the game last year? Yeah, Justin yeah. Fields did not play well. Well, he didn't get any help from his receivers. Let's go. Next one. Uh, all right. We got the Saints at 16, the Packers at 15 after that blowout loss to Detroit on Thursday Night Football. We've got the Rams at 14. I'm honestly kind of surprised they're this high. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 13. The Los Angeles Chargers, who I cannot figure out, at 12. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11. Cleveland at number 10. And the Seattle Seahawks at number 9. Well, I think uh, the Bucks' win over the Saints was really impressive. Uh, you go into New Orleans, you get a division win. I think most people thought New Orleans was a little bit better than Tampa. Um, I think the score was, what, 26-7, to 23-7? Pretty much handled them, and Baker Mayfield's a nice little story uh, going so far. In terms of your ranking here, I think the surprise would be that the Rams are at 14, but you have to give them a lot of credit. You know, they, they've got young players who are stepping in and, and playing really well. And then and then Matt Stafford has made a nice return. Stafford looks good, like really, really good. And he's giving them a chance in every game. And as long as he stays healthy, they're supposed to get Cooper Cup back either this week or next week. I, I, I just think with that coaching staff and with that quarterback, they're going to be in just about every contest. Do you think Jacksonville is impressive at all, even though no. they got a, a win no. in London over Atlanta? No. You know, when you go to the bathroom in Europe, you have to bring your, your – you have to pay a euro to use the bathroom. Now, they give you a little little voucher thing that then you get a dollar, a euro off in their store. So if you want to buy like cupcakes – well, they didn't have cupcakes. But if you want to buy Pringles, you get you get a little euro off in their store off the Pringles after paying to use their bathroom. It's a good idea. And good idea. It's a good idea, but I, I feel that's what the London game is a little bit like. It's like we're paying – essentially, uh, as fans to go to the bathroom when we watch some of these games. They're like the, that, that maybe more the Thursday night game yeah, than the London the game. Jacksonville-Buffalo this week. I just don't like either one. Jacksonville-Buffalo and London. Yeah. Okay, I hope it's all right. I just – I've never liked the London awake. game. What are we talking about? There's no I way just, that you're waking up for that game. I just have never liked the London game. Neither have I. I. You know – Okay, see? <laughs> so quit trying to defend it. Hey, before we get out of this board, though, let's let's talk about these 12 through 9, okay? So the Chargers finally got a big game from Khalil Mack, and everybody, it's crazy. Khalil Mack had two games where he had literally zero pressures, and he had six sacks on mm-hmm. Sunday. I don't know how that happens. Uh, I mentioned Tampa at 11. I think a lot of people would be shocked to have Tampa over the Chargers, but they've earned it. By the way, sweet graphic here if you're watching along the creamsicle helmet. But 9 and 10. So I have two questions for you. Number one, can the Browns win the AFC North without Nick Chubb? Yes. They can. Yes. 
but with Deshaun Watson's shoulder banged up, I, it's going to be tough because as we noted many times last year, this defense can be so up and down. I think it's why the Browns decided to rest him last week. They've got a bye here in week f- uh, five, give him a couple weeks to get healthy reset. And then I, I think a lot of it's because the Browns know that they're going to be putting a lot on Deshaun Watson's shoulder. Oh, that's a bad pun. Going forward without without Nick Chubb, right? They're going to have to have him win a lot of these games. So, yeah, I, I think they can partially because I don't think the AFC North is very good this year. Yeah, you don't want Deshaun Watson to have to shoulder the burden. You know, that's that's oh, not what you want. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, the Browns defense is really good. I know they didn't necessarily show that against the Ravens. I think that defense alone can get them to nine or 10 wins. And that might be enough to win the AFC North. Yeah. You don't want to rotate, you know, you don't want to rotate her team in first place every, so you know, bad. every week in this division. Am I right? I was going to make a joke about him. You know, if he has to work on it too much, he might need a massage, but that's probably a bad way to go. So. Yeah. I don't know. We don't need any stingers from you on this podcast. So, Hey, uh, number nine, Seattle, Big game uh, had you know, got close to the sack record, team sack record yeah. uh, against the Giants. They deserve a lot of credit. As bad as the Giants' offensive line played, the Seattle front made them look bad. And there's something to be said for that. Seattle also made hay in the run game. Is there any way Seattle doesn't make the playoffs? I mean, what seven teams in the NFC are going to keep Seattle out? I can't. No. I can't come up with seven. I don't see it. I think the defense is playing a lot better. They've got this first-round pick at corner, uh, Devin Witherspoon, who had a monster game. Jamal Adams actually came back. Now he left with a concussion. But you saw early in that game how much of an impact he makes. Last year, the Seahawks had to play their offense to basically cover up their defense. I don't think they have to do that anymore. I think they can actually play a complementary style of football. I, I, I would not be surprised at all if they get to 10 or 11 wins. I still wonder a little bit about their passing game, but when I say I'm trying to come up with seven uh, and I know they have the players uh, on that side of the ball, you know, but I, I just, the consistency of the Seattle passing game, uh, do, but when you, before we move on, to, do we want do we want to do a really quick NFC playoff picture to just to see where we're at? Well, let's try to find seven teams that even have a chance of banging well, these guys do out. The divisions, right. We got the 49ers. Let's sure. The Eagles in the East. Let's sure. pick the lions in the North and in the yep. South, let's pick. Let's pick the right, Bucks are earning it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pick the Bucks. That's fine. So okay, then let's so put got the, four and let's okay. put the Cowboys and the Saints as sure. wildcard teams, right? Packers. Maybe, but do, do we really think the Saints are going to keep Seattle all the playoffs? I don't No, I don't either. No way. And I know the Saints have a pretty easy schedule, uh, easy ish. But, yeah, give me Seattle all day. By the way, that Seattle helmet looks absolutely amazing. Uh, let, let's look at the top eight teams. Okay, here we go. Ooh, right. cookies and cream. Whoa, what, what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to them in a second. We've got, we've got the Baltimore Ravens at, at number eight. We've got the Detroit Lions at seven. We've got the Miami Dolphins at six. We've got the Dallas Cowboys at five. We've got the Kansas City Swifties at four. The Buffalo Bills at three. The Philadelphia Eagles at two. And the San Francisco 49ers at one. Oh, you know, at first, because I have this minimized on my screen, I thought that was Mr. Potato Head <laughs> that you had as a graphic. I did. I didn't realize that was Taylor Swift. Oh, I, I swear. I the way I mean, because it's so small on my screen. I should enlarge it. That was not a shot at Taylor Swift. I just... Are you a Swifty? My sister is, but no, I'm not a Swifty. 
Yeah. I, I just, I've, right. I've never got it. I've always thought Lady Gaga was more talented, but that's just me. Ooh, hot yeah. sports, well, yeah. not hot, non-sports opinion, fresh out of the oven from yeah. at Marcus underscore Mosher. Okay, so a couple things here, man. Uh, so again, Marcus has got Baltimore at eight, Detroit at seven, Miami at six, Dallas at five, Kansas City batting cleanup, Buffalo at three, Philadelphia at two, San Francisco at one. Uh, I wouldn't have Kansas City in this group at all, I don't think. Uh, you wouldn't have them, them in the four. top eight. I don't think so. Um, not from what I've seen. Now, again, you know, I was having uh, Miroslav was refilling my little plastic cup quite a bit on that tour. Uh, you know, I was buying little houses that you put candles on and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't watching a lot of football. I wasn't thinking about blocks. I could tell you that right now. Um, but <laughs> I would be breath far. weeks ago. I was waiting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Detroit beat Kansas City week one. Uh, Kansas City's – now, I understand Detroit's not world beaters. Detroit lost to Seattle. Uh, but – but and you've got Detroit over Seattle. But Kansas City's offense, man, can't get out of neutral. I mean, you can't – can you just keep relying on Patrick Mahomes to play schoolyard ball to get you out of out of a hole all the time? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a bad answer, but yeah, probably. I, I just trust that Andy Reid and Mahomes are eventually going to figure things out. What's actually more encouraging – is that their mm-hmm. defense is playing this well. Usually what we see from the Chiefs early in the year, the offense is fantastic and it's the defense that kind of lags behind. But Steve Spagnuolo usually gets that group playing well by the playoffs. They're already playing fantastic football. So if the offense can just get a little bit better, they're going to have a hard time losing a lot of these games. I got to be honest, I am surprised at how well their secondaries played. Uh, they've got some really good corner play yeah. um, for them. I want to. So I thought you had Dallas at six, Miami at five. Maybe I was mistaken. I thought you told me that when we were just talking about the Cowboys. But ah, okay. So just looking at the first four here: Baltimore at eight, Detroit seven, Miami six, Dallas five. I would have Miami over Dallas, but I would keep Dallas right there in the five hole. Here's why I have Dallas over Miami. I think Miami's offense is better, uh, but I think Dallas's defense is just light years better. And I think if Miami's offense has a bad game, I'm not sure that they can win especially against good opponents. We know that the Cowboys defense is going to win them games single-handedly. They could have beat New England by basically punting on every first down, right? I I think both of these teams are very similar. I I would just lean Dallas a little bit more, especially when you look at the health of the offensive line, the health of the quarterback deck has just stayed healthier than what Tua has. So I'll put Dallas at five. Okay. I'll circle back to Dallas here in a second. Let's talk Baltimore, Detroit at eight and seven. Uh, as in Baltimore's ranking and Detroit's ranking. I'm assuming part of this ranking for the Ravens is team health and yeah, nothing else. Yeah, it just seems unfortunate because it's happened to them and the Chargers, I think, more than any teams it over the last. It can't be a fluke at this point, right? If you're yeah, getting this many crazy. injuries every single year. The Ravens ruled out 17 players last week. I've never seen That's that insane. 17 players be ruled out for a single game. We're only in week four. Um I do like this Ravens team. This is some of the best play I've ever seen for Lamar Jackson. I just think that the Lions are a little bit more well-rounded right now. You know, I like the Lions a lot, but why this high? Uh, like I said, they got beat by Seattle a couple weeks ago. What What is it? The Thursday night game against the Packers in Green Bay. Not only did they win and they blow and blew them out, but they just had a, a certain level of physicality that Green Bay couldn't match. I mean, they just played this really physical style of football 
where they were just lining up and moving Green Bay off the line of scrimmage. I, I think that's going to really translate as we get later on in the season. And that's fair. And that's one of the games I wasn't able to see uh, because I was gone um, because that was week three, right? It was week four. My, it, was, it was this. No, it was week four. No, it yeah. was, it was Thursday game. I was gone. Yeah. Um, one thing on that last year, when Detroit went into green Bay and won, they did it with a lot of play calls. You remember they had some really mm-hmm. interesting play calls in the red zone at the end of that game. Uh, moving them off the ball is a totally different way of winning. That's not how they won. They just uh, last year it. up in Green Bay. Absolutely, yeah. their trenches absolutely dominated that game. Okay, uh, like I said, I want to circle back to Dallas, but let's go. We talked about Kansas City at four, so Buffalo three, Philadelphia two, San Francisco one. I would actually have San Francisco one, Buffalo two, and then at three, I think I'd have Miami, not Philadelphia. So you've got Philadelphia awfully high here at two for a team that barely got past Washington really struggled. I mean, they probably should have lost to new England. Is that a fair comment? And, and, and Buffalo just ransacked Miami destroyed Washington. They've really turned it around since losing to the jets. Why are the bills at three behind Philly? I think the sign of a good team is if you can play a crappy game and still win. And just mm-hmm. fight and overcome and win these games. And that's what Philadelphia has done so far. I think they've played C-plus football to date, and they're 4-0. And it seems like every time they need to make a big play, it's A.J. Brown making a big play down the field. It's Jalen Hurts using his legs. It's you know Devontae Smith making a big catch over the middle. We haven't even seen their peak yet. They're 4-0. They have a couple division wins. I just can't put them any lower than this especially after we saw Buffalo lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets in week one. Okay. So if we look at San Francisco at number one, I have traditionally been higher on the 49ers than you have. What is it? What is it that you're seeing now that you're like, okay, unequivocally, this is the best team in the league. Other than if the Cowboys happen to beat them next week, I can say that they beat the best team in the league. Other than that, (laughs) uh, where's their weakness? Like if you had to point to a, a weakness on their team, I know it's not Brock Purdy anymore. Like that used to be the argument against the 49ers. It's, hey, they have a shaky quarterback and it's, you know, they're going to try to scheme around him. That's not the case. I, I think the only potential weakness they have is their cornerback room. And there's 28 other teams would, that would love to have their corners right now. That's how loaded this roster is. Yeah, I was going to say their secondary. I would be careful on the loaded roster, though, man, because we pointed it out in the in before the season even started. This team is a little bit thin. Like once you get past their frontline starters, that's where you can get this team because they did lose some guys. But uh, <laughs> there, we got to bring the Swifties back. Circling back to Dallas, and I know on our picks podcast uh, we will talk about the Cowboys 49ers game. I just wanted to say here that the Cowboys had this huge blowout, and they they're getting all this media coverage right now, and. All that media coverage should go towards the defense. All of it should. Sure. Uh, the Cowboys offense was okay, but I was hearing a lot of stuff about how the offense looked really good and how Dak played great. And look, man, I'm not being a hater. I mean, but you know, there are times that you've got to feel pressure and look at, look at Houston's offensive line situation. You know, you don't hear excuses being made. Uh, the red zone offense is still a problem for this team. And Brandon Cook still isn't producing, whether that's the play calling, whether it's Dak, whether it's Brandon Cooks himself. He's not getting, you know, as involved, I think, as they would like to see. I'm really encouraged by Ferguson, the tight end. Um, 
but they're also, it would help. It would help to throw, I don't know, two deep balls, perhaps. Sure. Just loosen up the defense a little bit. Even if they're incomplete, let Dak air it out. Let the defense know we're going to, we're going to have to play the whole field and don't let them creep up and reduce Tony Pollard's effectiveness and quit blaming the offensive line combo. It doesn't do you any good. I'm not saying that Dak didn't have some plays where he didn't have any time. It's this really isn't about Dak. It's about blaming the offensive line all the time. It reminds me of Mike McCarthy blaming the refs two years ago for a couple losses. Stop with that. You know, if you, if you, if you get beat, you get beat. That's just the way it goes. You know, if you don't score in the red zone, it's because you're ineffective. It's not your offensive line all the time. Okay. Got Can that you guys tell that Elliot's not the biggest Mike McCarthy fan? Just put that out there. I just, I just get tired of the, the, I'm sorry if I'm going off here, but look, I, you know, maybe I had some slip of this before this podcast. Here's the deal. <laughs> I think I'm going to need okay, some. Tell, all right. I want you to, ahead. I want you. Hey, what's that? I might I, need a little bit after this show, but go ahead. I want you to tell me if I'm being unfair, okay? You you follow the Cowboys so closely, and you have to admit, they're the most talked about team in the league this week, easily, yeah. hands down, okay? Their defense is not just good. It's been phenomenal, like mm-hmm. absolutely championship caliber. You could win. You could put Jeff Hostetler with this defense, and they'd win the Super Bowl right now. The way that that defense is playing. However, this team is—they just strike me as a front-running team a lot. They—they they get more blowouts at home than any team I know of in the league. I bet you. I bet you. If we did research on it over the last three years, the Cowboys have blown out teams at home more often than any other team in the league has, including Kansas City. And then they have these absolute dud games, and there's always an excuse. And then they come back home, they win 43-3, to and they're all jumping around and celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. And it's like, you know what? I'd kind of like it if um, – I'm trying to remember which uh, – was it the Braves? No, maybe it was the Astros who clinched. And they just, you know, they just did a nice toast. They didn't spray each other with a bunch of champagne. Quit spraying yourselves with champagne when you just lost to the Cardinals a week and a half ago. And quit blaming the fact that you can't get your offensive line together. Enough already, okay? Enough already. All right, that's it for the Power Rankings show today. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, These are my Power Rankings. On uh, Wednesday, we're going to have our our picks show, so make sure you guys I want you to tell me I'm wrong. I'm not letting you off the hook. I've never heard anybody complain about trying to blow out teams at home too much, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. That'd be fine if then you go on the road and you play consistent football. Yeah, but, but here's, here's if you win, if you blow out every team in the road or at home, and then you win every road game, I, you, you're going to be a pretty good team. I think. I think the math okay. is seventeen and zero. Okay, so tell me, tell me, I'm wrong here. Then the most disappointing thing for Cowboys fans, hands down. And I could see it happening is they go out to San Francisco and they win 30 to 14. They dominate Micah and Demarcus Lawrence, who's having an all pro season. And I'm not talking about Micah. I'm talking about Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Is that fair? Am I exaggerating? He's been amazing. Of course, Micah has been amazing too, but tank has been awesome. Everybody watch him. Okay. They go win at San Francisco 30 to 14. They dominate. And then they're going to lose in the playoffs to them. I mean, would that not just be the most Cowboys thing it, ever? It is, but that's just the NFL, Elliot. Like last year, right? Remember when the Chiefs in week two, or maybe it was week, yeah, I think it was week two, they got this really big win over the Chargers on Thursday night football. Yep. And it was it was an awesome win. 
And then they go on the road and they lose to Matt Ryan in the Colts in a game yeah. where Patrick Mahomes it played happens. terribly. And then they play, and then they play the Raiders the following week at home and they beat the Raiders and then they lost to the Bills the next week. Like that's just the NFL. It happens. But when the Chiefs win, they don't celebrate like they've won the Super Bowl. They just I mean, don't. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Uh, we have a lot of Cowboys fans that listen. They're probably all hating me right now. I just, it just, it gets a little old. I kind of just want a little bit more of a business-like approach from this team. And I I don't see it. And it and it bothers me. More importantly, how do the Swifties celebrate a regular season win? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I will say this, though. Um, I think the Cowboys have great players that are very good players at the skill positions. And I do think Dak played a pretty good game okay. uh, against the Patriots and the offensive line. Ha- you know, they, it would be nice to have all the starters uh, in there. I'm really sick of Swifty talk too. If you want me to go off on that, I totally will. But I, I think you should be more worried about the chiefs than you are. I'm just saying, I, yeah, they just yeah. haven't given me a big, a big enough reason to worry over the last couple of years. As much as I just hammered Dallas, I think they belong over Kansas City uh, on this rankings. Uh, I think a Dallas-Miami Super Bowl would be fantastic. But I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to get San Francisco and Miami. We get Dallas-Miami on Christmas Eve. How does that? That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, in the Sunday game, I mean, there's going to be some fun games this week. But, I mean, I don't think anything is more fun than Bears-Washington. I mean, just think of all the angles, you know. How many shots of uh, uh, vodka are you going to need to get through that one? I don't know. How excited is Al Michaels going to be calling that game? Poor Al. This would be a really good time to test out how far we've come with AI, just to have uh, AI Al out there to see. Can we have chat GPT do the game? (laughs) It would be – I would watch it. All right, I, 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 we probably should get going, but uh, let's let's just show all your list again. All right, we'll, we'll start from the back. Uh, we be got honest. Bears at Bears at thirty two, Panthers at thirty one, the Denver Broncos at thirty, Las Vegas Raiders at twenty. Really disappointing. Giants at twenty eight, the Bengals most at disappointing. Well, all these Jets at twenty six, the Patriots at twenty five. We've got Jets the Cardinals at twenty four, the Vikings at twenty three, the Colts at twenty two. The Commanders at 21, the Titans at 20, the Falcons at 19, the Steelers at 18, my Houston Texans at the 17 spot, Saints at 16, Packers at 15, Rams at 14, Jacksonville at 13, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers at 12, Tampa at 11, Cleveland at 10, Seattle at 9, Baltimore at 8, Detroit at 7, Miami at 6, Dallas at 5, the Swifties at 4, Buffalo at 3, Philly at 2, and San Francisco at the number one spot. Pretty good. I, I've got a draft question for you. Sure. So back in, you know, like March when you were having one of your late night parties with some of your friends mm-hmm. where you guys try to pretend like you aren't like D&D nerds, but you kind of are for the draft. Mm-hmm. You just don't roll a 20 sided die. When y'all were having like a day three wide receiver, you know, chat amongst yourselves and i know you you pull out the charcuterie board you told me you try to get mm-hmm. fancy except mm-hmm. you all end up drinking capri suns with it which ruins the whole vibe sparkling grape juice but go ahead where did you have nakua yeah nakua stuff i had a fourth run grade on nakua uh banged up a lot but he was utah's all-time uh leader in receptions and yards in high school went to utah uh had a transfer to byu had modest stats there was really good at the senior bowl 
Um, but yeah, just another one of these tough, good after the catch, makes a lot of catches, but doesn't have any special traits. I, I don't know how Sean McVay keeps doing this, but he found another gem. Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys don't know who we're talking about, Nakua is a wide receiver for the Rams. And, uh, you know, the Rams aren't getting a lot of pub, but they've played pretty well. And aren't Nakua's numbers, he's like got, what, like 500 and something yards already? Yeah, he's uh, been ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I, I got the him. numbers right here. It's yeah. uh, 39 catches for 501 yards and scored his first NFL touchdown last week. And that's in four games. That's in four games. And then they're getting Cooper Cup back, I think, this week. I mean, hey, who knows? I mean, maybe the Rams – what if the Rams snuck and got that? If the Rams got the seventh seed in the NFC, that might be Sean McVay's best coaching job yet. You could say what you want about his little white sneakers. If you're like the 49ers, the last thing – and you get to end up being the number two seed in the NFC, the last thing you want to see is the Rams in round one of the playoffs. Yeah, You know, I saw Nakua like – when they got a game ball, he kind of bull rush McVay and tackled him. And, and McVay, you know, was really excited, but you could tell there was a part of McVay like, yo, don't mess up my hair. Like <laughs> this shirt is starched. $300 on this haircut right before the game. You know, I tell you, we're going to have to bring something back. We're going to have to bring something back. I know we're, we're making this a lengthy podcast, but look, you know, it's been a while. We, we haven't yeah, talked we, to you guys. In a while. So we're just going to chat for a while here. So if y'all want to drop out, now's the time. Cause we're just going to start chatting. Uh, I'll tell you this. If, okay, remember when the Rams and 49ers played the championship game and that was one of the cooler rivalries in the NFL, though we don't really have rivalries anymore. And one of the best things we've ever done was check Banana Republic stock. Uh, way out. So, yeah. I mean, listen, right now, how if you had to guess how many flat brim hats Kyle Shanahan has in his closet right now. What would you say the number is? 37. Yeah, probably. How many hoodies does he have? Like those really slim cut. 42. Yeah. Slim cut. Absolutely slim cut. You you don't see any baggy. Like I'm laying around the the house in my university of Wisconsin sweatshirt. That's two sizes too big. And not only that, I guarantee you, he doesn't have any of that like everlast light gray. You know, like YMCA gray, that's what I call it. Yeah, yeah. Every sweat the, the one that, that was never created. The, the one you know. if you sweat at all, it just shows up so, you know, heavy and dark. The one that Rocky wore, like, yeah. you know, you get that the nice color. sweat neckline, right? No, no. If Kyle Shanahan has a gray hoodie, it's like called bone. <laughs> Gosh, is that bone? Yes. Uh, and it's. It's got a, a darker charcoal. zipper. No, no, it's charcoal is it, what it is. Or he's got charcoal. Absolutely. Steel. He's got steel. And yeah. it's got a sweet little SF. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Coach of the year so far. Like coaches that are that are that done great, great jobs. I think Sean McVay is at the top of the list. Can you give a one in three team a nod? And do you know who I'm thinking of? Mm, Brian Dable? No. Come on, come uh, on! A, a NFC one three team. Mm-hmm. I got to go back to my list to see the one of three teams. Hold on, let's go. Let's go back. Uh, Robert Sala. No. NFC, bro. I think it's an AFC. NFC. You want to give it to to Jonathan Gannon? Why not? Because D'Amico deserves it. D'Amico's D'Amico's working that, with more man. His entire offensive line is out. Yeah. 
Isn't that amazing, by the way, when a quarterback's entire offensive line is out and he can still throw for 300-something yards? And, yeah. No. Daniel Jones? Yeah. Uh, no, D'Amico, he's turned that team around. I don't, think, I don't think Daniel Jones's Daniel Jones's offensive line wasn't out. They were just out to lunch. They weren't wow, like I mean, actually out. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so far, I know it's only four. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, all these teams, we're looking at teams 24 to 17 on this list. Yeah. If I told you three teams on what here. What if I told playoffs, you? What if I told you? Three teams on this list make the playoffs. Who would you say? Texans win in the South. You may not like this one, but the commanders, um, okay. the giants look so bad right now. And the NFC is so up for grabs. Why couldn't Washington do it? Like who is Washington certifiably worse than in terms of a wild card race, Dallas, right? Cause Dallas is probably going to be a wild card probably. unless it's Philly, unless it's Philly. Um, so but- I would go Washington. I go Houston. And then it gets really, really tricky. But don't you kind of have to give Minnesota a nod because they clearly have the best quarterback by a country mile on this list? Because leaving, obviously, Houston out of that because we need more of a catalog there. Yeah, but I'm also looking at the Titans. I think they've got the best coach in the list. And they're 2-2. and They know how to play in their division. I don't think their division is very good. Why couldn't they grind their way to nine and eight and sneak into the playoffs as that seventh seed? Since we're just uh, chewing the fat here, and, and again, everybody, we Marcus and I haven't done this in a long time. Usually, our pods now are like twenty eight minutes. We're just we're just going to talk, you know. And so, uh, I, I want to cover everything. And I, I always, I'm always fascinated with your Hall of Fame takes, and I want to use one of the teams on this. Yeah. So, Derrick Henry threw another touchdown pass yeah. this week. He's got a few now. Um, remember the jump pass he threw against Green Bay on, uh, I think that was Thursday night. Um, if Derrick Henry has a 1500 yard year, another really big year, but he doesn't finish among the all time leading rushers because he had to split carries early in his career with DeMarco Murray. He's had some injury problems and we know running backs don't play 12 years. Uh, most of them anymore, unless you're Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson is Derrick Henry a hall of fame player to you, even if he doesn't have like 10 or 11,000 yards rushing. Well, he's only 1400 yards away from 10,000 yards rushing, which I feel like he could get to, right? If, Unless he know, gets hurt next year. Cause he's not going right. to get 1400 the rest. No, of the no, year. no. But he, but he's probably going to get 1200, right? And, 12,000. You know, and then I think he's going to stick around even after his Titan days. Uh, okay. You know what so I mean? Like, 1200 this year, he's going to get 1200 this year. Yeah. Uh, he okay. he just yeah he he's right now he's currently fourteen hundred yards away from being uh, at ten thousand. I think he'll eventually get there. And having what is he, he's got eighty three touchdowns right now. I think oh, excuse me, eighty seven total touchdowns. Is he going to get to a hundred total touchdowns? Probably. If he gets to a hundred total touchdowns and ten thousand rushing yards, how could you not put him in? Because there's a bunch of guys that have those numbers that can't even get a sniff. But I think in, but in this era, though, and I think that's the difference. Like we just haven't seen right. running backs in this era put up those kind of numbers outside of Adrian Peterson and LaShawn McCoy. I think he's got a really good shot. And that's what I'm driving at here is I'm 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 sick of the compiling talk. You know, like 
if you are clearly the best or, or, or the top two or three during your era and, and you're unique, I mean, Derrick Henry is unique. He's a unicorn in today's NFL. And you had a 2000 yard year and you were on pace for another one before you got hurt. Plus like your second best season is 1700 something yards. I mean, you've got to be considered for the hall of fame. Why, why do you have to play for 12 years rushing for 1,014 yards a year to no, be a don't. hall of famer? Uh, Wouldn't you rather have a guy that played eight years, but had a couple 1700 yard seasons, a 1500 yard season, a 2000 yard season? Yes. Yes. Thought the question I thought you were going to ask me because you led with Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown is who is the best non quarterback passer of all time? We've had some few, like some good ones. Uh, did you know that Walter Payton had eight career passing touchdowns? I'm sure you're familiar that Ladanian Tomlinson had seven. Uh, yep. Our guy Bronco Nagurski had seven. Uh, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Allen had yep. six. Yep. So who you would you, you say? Well, Walter Payton threw two in one game in a game in 1983 against the Saints, and one of them was an absolute dime. And then at the end of the 84 championship game, when they were getting blown out and they had injuries at quarterback, Walter Payton had to play quarterback. Um, Walter Payton might be the greatest all-around football player ever. But, you know, Mohamed Sanu uh, could throw the ball. That, That would be one guy for sure for me. And you're frozen right now which is good because I don't really want to hear your take anyway. Uh, and then I'm going to, since you're frozen, I'm going to name a guy that you clearly can't stand because he's a stealer, but Antoine Randall L could throw the ball. There, there's no doubt about that. The throw he had to Heinz Ward in the Super Bowl, man, that Super Bowl was awful, admittedly, like completely awful, but that was a dime from Randall L to Heinz Ward. I was talking about Antoine Randall yep, yep, while I you were frozen. I heard so, because I know you can't stand Antoine Randall L or that Steelers win in that Super Bowl, but the first guy I mentioned when you froze was Muhammad Sanu. Mm-hmm. He's had some nice throws. His um, eighty-yard touchdown to AJ Green on that first play, right? Yeah. Can I can I give you one near and dear to your heart? I, yeah, a sure. Left, but I got one lefty? more for you. Go ahead. A lefty. How about Richie Anderson, former Heck fullback yeah. for the Jets and the Cowboys? That's a really good one. I, can I cheat a little bit and go back to the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties? Sure. Do you know Biggest a guy by the name? Of, what's that? Do you know a guy by the name of Benny Friedman? Of course, I know Benny Friedman. Come Get on, this. Giants. Six, yeah, sixty-six pass, passing touchdowns in his career on mm-hmm. one hundred and sixty-seven attempts. Yeah, yeah. Benny Friedman is the really the he's the grandfather of all quarterbacks. He is the first guy that really made throwing a weapon. And when Benny Friedman threw those touchdowns, man, the ball was a balloon. Uh, they they narrowed it down, uh, I believe, in the late 30s. Um, yeah, mid to late 30s. Benny Friedman wasn't, wasn't throwing the same ball in the early 30s that Sammy Ball was throwing in the 40s. I could tell you that. And uh, there was a big push to get him in the Hall of Fame years ago because he was uh, he was kind of the precursor to all this. So, yeah, of course I know Benny Friedman. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Don't, don't bring me that stuff. You know, you know I'm going to go. 61 touchdowns as a running back? Uh, Green Bay Packers. But you have to remember running back back then – I know, really I know. was the quarterback. I know it's, I, you're going to mention Arnie Herber next. I know you are. No, I'm good. We're good. Yeah. So a couple things though, on the, uh, the hall of fame chat, just real quick, Frank Gifford uh, threw a touchdown pass in a playoff game against the Cleveland Browns. Oh, it was a jump throw. Career. Yeah. He threw a jump throw 
uh, in the snow in 1958. Uh, that was the game that the Giants won to go play the Colts, I believe, in the 58 championship game. But when you talk Hall of Fame and you think about some of the guys that are playing right now, and I was thinking about Derrick Henry, it, it got me thinking about Lamar Jackson a little bit too. What are you going to do with Lamar Jackson's career when all is said and done? Because he had some years that were absolutely, he are, I mean, he, he's got more years ahead of him, but he's had some years to me that were kind of transcendent. And I, his 2019 MVP season, statistically, I don't think it's talked about enough. Yeah, the fact that he already has an MVP, and I believe the Ravens have the second best winning percentage in the NFL when he starts only behind the Chiefs. So what's probably going to get him in the Hall of Fame, regardless if he wins the Super Bowl or not. I mean, the numbers that he's going to put up by the time his career is over are going to be ridiculous. Uh, you know, as I'm, I'm kind of cheating here because I'm looking at your your top eight teams, and obviously the quarterbacks stick out. Josh Allen sticks out. Patrick Mahomes really sticks out. And, of course, we just talked about Lamar Jackson. We'll wait and see kind of what Jalen Hurts does with his career if, if Dak improves any and then Tua. But if you think about some of the guys, just in your top eight teams here, you got a bunch of Hall of Fame players. Just, it, I mean, look, Mike has only been in the league. This is his third year, but boy, it looks like he's headed Wrong that pace. way for sure. Yeah, uh, Chris Jones to me is a Hall of Fame player. Um, I don't know if you'd go Fletcher Cox for the Eagles, but he's Probably certainly bo- he's certainly borderline kind of guy. Nick Bosa for the 49ers. I Jason think Fred Warner. Uh, yeah, Jason Kelsey, Eagle Center, Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end. Just looking at this list, Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins. I Absolutely, mean, Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting when you look at this. Zach Martin. Uh, Zach Martin, that's another one. Tyron Smith, you know, it's uh, kind of crazy. But going back Von to Miller, Lamar Jackson. More. Von Miller. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Going back to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I wonder if this is the one team kind of in your top eight here that maybe we're not giving enough respect. I know you've got them at eight, but we thought the Bengals would win the division. I thought the Browns were a certifiable playoff team, but if the Ravens emerge, even with all these injuries out of the AFC North with Kansas city's offense sputtering the way it, way it does. And with, let's be honest, uh, Josh Allen can't still turn the ball over. You turn the ball over against the Ravens. You're going to lose, you know, because the Ravens will play good enough defense They've got a quarterback that can convert and they're going to make their kicks. They're not going to give you any freebies. Last thing uh, before we go, um, the Ravens play the Steelers this Sunday, which we'll talk about on tomorrow's show. But Lamar Jackson has not played well against Pittsburgh in his career. Only Mm -hmm. one career win against the Steelers. And that came when they were playing Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges back in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of success. Yeah. You're going to play at Pittsburgh this week against maybe not Kenny Pickett, who's banged up. Even if he does play, he's severely compromised. No Cam Hayward, no Pat Fryermuth, no Deontay Johnson, an offense that's struggling. If the Ravens are going to be an actual contender this year, you've got to win this game. You've got to be able to win against a divisional rival like this. Yeah. This is what we said against Cleveland in week two. Like, Yep. You're better than Pittsburgh. Go out and win that game, play a clean game. And, and, and they didn't. And they didn't. They had four turnovers and they lost that game on offense. Lamar needs to have a good game here. And if they do, I, I could, you could talk me into them being inside the top five. You really could. I'm looking at Buffalo, Philadelphia. That would be a really good Super Bowl. But uh, Duck Hodges, didn't he end up, didn't he have to play a Sunday night game against the, against Chargers, the Chargers in LA? Yeah. 
went over half the stadium were Pittsburgh fans. Yes. And it felt like you were watching a Steelers home game. Yes. And they were, I think they were still playing at the, they were still playing at the stub hub. Yeah, back then or whatever they called it, the Alliance Insurance twenty five thousand uh, stadiums, uh, which was ridiculous. But yeah, twenty five thousand seat stadium. I always, you know, I never ended up going to a game there, but I always wanted to just to see what it was like to watch an NFL game. Little high school game, you'll figure it out. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Really good stuff. Uh, all right, we're gonna get out of here, but uh, hope you enjoyed this extremely meandering episode of just really just talking ball. Uh, but we do this every once in a great while, and uh, we will be much more efficient and much more on it with our picks podcast. And uh, I'm I'm going to have some good over unders. I think I'm going to have some good picks. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do it tomorrow? Do you want to do it Thursday? Let's do it tomorrow. Let's bang it out tomorrow. All right. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. We're going to do our picks uh, tomorrow. And uh, I missed you guys. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope you all get a chance to take a vacation like I did. And again, congratulations to uh, Marcus for adding to the uh, the Mosher family. Pretty good stuff. By the way, you can hear more about Marcus's personal life if you listen to the <laughs> Dynasty podcast because they yes. talk about him a lot on that <laughs> Unlocked On. And make sure you go uh, to Elliot's Twitter profile. He'll have a link for all that vodka that he was talking about. So Yeah, yeah right. Also, uh, check out Locked On Cowboys where you can hear more uh, pomp and circumstance about the Cowboys starting 3-1 and one and uh, – it really, really not mattering at all. No. Nope. And then, yeah. And also get his really, really positive takes on the Raiders for USA Today Raiders Wire. I don't even want to know what you've written about them here lately. It's probably Sorry, not right. good. Uh, but if you really want to be depressed, you can always go to at Marcus underscore Mosher, where there will be a Rolando McLean highlight reel you waiting for you. So everybody make sure to go do that. I'm Harrison NFL on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.